Hi, Kevalia. What's up? Hey, Pratmesh. So, we are here again recording the second part of the podcast. So, Kevalia, we discussed in the previous part of this podcast about how we met in 2016 because of IEEE events and how AWS events are interesting and fun if you want to learn more about cloud computing how you and your team at Deloitte built an awesome project that can help people play basketball multiplayer without meeting them yep without meeting each other which i think is a very good product especially in the times we're living in yeah we didn't know this time was going to come and i wish we knew it but Uh, it was in a different time hmm good times yeah and then we moved on to discuss about how netflix and aws collaborates with each other and also weirdly competes with each other in the same market anyways now we want to discuss in detail about data centers exciting so let's let's start with the most basic question for for people like me who have no clue what a data center is let's start with that yeah sure so a data center is is a building or a place where there is a lot of servers and networking mm-hmm. stuff going on which mm-hmm. is generally managed by some company whose sole responsibility is is to keep the data center working so so these servers they can be they can belong to other companies or they can belong to the same company and they can be rented out to to other companies so mm-hmm. so these kind of data centers exist all over the world even before there was cloud and those were called colocation services before the public cloud even today they are widely in use mm-hmm. so basically colocation services are are when you are a small company and you want run, to run your a small data center but you don't have the expertise or the skills or the capacity to build and operate your own data center you yeah. hire a colocation service to do that for you hmm and interestingly right every convenience that we have in today's life in the 21st century in the internet era be it you know ordering a cab using uber or ordering food online everything happens because your data goes to a data center right right so it's like the building block of today's digital economy yeah true and and i think the uh, data centers are also very silent they don't make a lot of noise in media mm but they are the let's say the most important part of the whole puzzle that is the internet yes and and the staying silent is intentional because sometimes the companies that build data centers they they actually want to hide it in plain sight they don't want you mm. to know that this is a data center so it's by design that that they pretend to be a normal building Mm-hmm. but there is actually a lot of important stuff going on makes sense hmm 
so i think let's start with a more easy to understand example of how data centers operate how companies use them and if you are trying to build a internet company how you can leverage the existing infrastructure to build your product or service yeah so so definitely like i said running servers is not an easy job and it's not the job of every company so so that's that's the basic idea behind using colocations and cloud where you kind of depend on other companies to to do the low level work for you and and you focus on your business and build your own services on top of that which actually uh, makes like a lot of sense to save your own time and planning hmm. to so so basically you can focus on your own business do you want to go deeper into like let's go inside the data center like what happens inside yeah so inside data centers there is a very large collection of racks and these racks are uh, generally house servers or networking devices to enable all of this working and the design of of the racks and the placement as well as the ventilation conditioning air conditioning the wiring and and those physical aspects of it is designed in very much in detail with very intentional uh, decisions by experts to optimize it in the best way and uh, even after the, after the decisions that are made of of the placements and and the ventilation and everything to operate these a uh, large number of racks there are there are technicians and experts whose sole job is to make sure like these servers are functioning um, properly and and the infrastructure is all all good yeah. okay so i also think one thing we should discuss since we're discussing data centers is companies like uh, google and amazon and facebook owns a lot of them and i think fundamentally most of the data centers contain the same kind of structure like same machines like a lot of things are the same if you look at it from a foundational perspective am i right that is true um the basic idea of like a data center is is a building where there are a lot of servers and um, where the physical functioning of it is is all handled by experts so that is the basic idea but um the actual servers might be very different from company to company so so when you talk about the specifications and like every hardware that might be different from ranging from like uh, company to company hmm. and you also mentioned that companies don't want you know anyone to know where if this it's a data center or not could you go deeper into why is that well that is uh, it's kind of a security hazard right if you if someone knows that that this building hosts a lot of servers and like and has important 
infrastructure for large companies they they wouldn't want everyone to know that right mm. makes sense and when we discuss that for example netflix is leveraging the services developed by aws and a data center is definitely the building block of the aws network right so how does a company like aws decide what all services they want to make okay so yeah that's that's a great question so um so aws is a collection of lot of different services mm-hmm. like we talked about in the start mm. so the decision to build these services are dependent on a lot of various factors uh, sometimes it's what the clients needs sometimes it's what the competition is also doing but when you talk about building entirely new services or entirely new ideas that even the clients are not aware that this kind of a service would help our business a lot mm. so that's where that's where the technical expertise of of the of the uh, leadership and the vision of the leaders comes in where where they know everything from the ground mm-hmm. up like when you are um, spending decades mm-hmm. of your life in this field mm-hmm. you know where it is going you know where what the customers need or what would be good for them so so those decisions are very dependent on what is the vision of the company and then when the vision and the services are decided of course when it comes down to the to the lower to the lower details like like the features and then the the specifications of the features that would that would rely a lot on on the decisions of like product managers mm-hmm. and uh, account managers who interact with clients so so that's how uh, new services are like designed and mm-hmm. uh, decided on i'm i'm sure you work with aws a lot so could you give us an example of a service that you use and how it helps you so actually one of the one of the most important paradigms in in with cloud was serverless computing so so serverless computing is is actually pioneered by amazon with their service called lambda so aws lambda launched somewhere around 5 years back where basically they they offered customers uh, a service where the customers would just put their code and then amazon would uh, run it on their on their own in in a uh, event triggered way and and bill it only for the time when the service is running so you imagine when when you have a server running with with your code you are paying you are paying 24 hours for it for the capacity that you are reserving but but what this changed in a major way was the customers are now only paying for the actual business that they do for for only maybe seconds or minutes in a whole day mm. so that has changed a lot of uh, ways we think of systems and we think of uh, servers why we don't even need servers so that's aws lambda is one of the most interesting services they have so when you say serverless it it is so serverless for the customer not for aws right yes totally so what i mean by serverless and what they mean by it is that the customer uh, does not know and does not care about the servers or the virtual machines or any of the infrastructure that that is being utilized so the customer is unaware of any details they just give you the code and they expect it to run so of course when when you are giving 
Amazon the code. They they are using servers and and virtual machines to run it to run your code. But it's just that you don't have to deal with any of it. Hmm. Interesting. And so this is AWS. How do you think is Google Cloud different than AWS? So the differences are are very small and very big in a lot of ways. So fundamentally, they do the same thing. They provide services and infrastructure to their customers, but there are minor details that change the experience uh, in a big mm-hmm. way. So Google Cloud is very developer focused and it's very easy to start with. Even the UI is quite nice and neat to to use and very intuitive whereas aws has been very has been kind of a place for only experts or for only niche people to to go and do their work in so that's a that's a big difference on how how their services are designed is that google cloud mainly designs it with with the developers in mind and aws is kind of designed for use by experts Hmm. And do you think they both have a different approach towards their business strategy? Yes, I'm sure. So, so like, as you know, Amazon or AWS has been has been the first public cloud company, and uh, they are number one for for basically all the time that cloud has existed. So, of course, they have a very different strategy. AWS has a lot more partners and has a lot more clients. So, so they get they come across new ideas a lot, and they and they even get ideas from partners who build their services, who build who build their own services. So, so when AWS sees service that a partner is building, uh, sometimes AWS will think we can build this in our own platform. Yeah. So, uh, so that is one of that is one of the strategies of AWS that I think Google does not follow in the same way. Mm-hmm. which i think is a, is a is a difference in vision that is that google cloud does not uh, does not try to replicate the services of its partners mm. it it kind of uh, encourages its partners to build 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 services and and encourages also clients to to build new things mm. what has your experience been working with both of these platforms so my perspective is is from a cloud architect because that's how i work and for me it's not a it's not a very different experience because because i i when i know what exactly i have to do or i am exactly what i have to achieve then it's straight forward but for someone who who is not a cloud expert google cloud will, would would be a very easy thing to start off with okay when you have to solve a problem and that requires a cloud service what is the thought process like how should someone who is not a cloud architect start thinking about cloud computing to get started okay so in the cloud there are basically two types of services that are offered and like there are managed services and unmanaged services so so what is meant by that is a managed service is in a way of how we discussed uh, what is a serverless service mm. so when you use a managed service 
you don't deal or care about the servers or the physical infrastructure but when when you use an unmanaged service uh, you kind of you kind of have to decide on your own about which region you want your data to be in about which how many cpus you want how much memory you want so so these are the decisions that you make in an unmanaged yeah. service and the major thing about the difference there is when you decide which service to use like you asked the question like how do you decide a yeah. service it's very important to know what are the capabilities of every service as an as an architect you you have to keep up to date with with uh, with any new features or any new advancements about from any platform and from any mm-hmm. service so it's kind of keeping up with this crazy pace of of google and amazon to just know what they are capable of so that kind of factors in as an architect to decide which service is the best uh, for the business hmm so if this companies are adding new services by the hour or by the week does doesn't it get a little overwhelming for someone who is just getting started it completely does and that's why that's where like i said google cloud is much better in that sense for beginners because it doesn't offer you very many options and and the ones it does it it kind of explains it in a nice way so that so that you can take the decisions without being an expert as well but aws is completely overwhelming for a beginner when you see a 150 services you have no idea what to do hmm so when you say 150 services could you i mean we cannot discuss all of them for sure but can we discuss what kind of services are there like we discussed about serverless being one of the services like what all things does aws cover yeah so traditionally these services you can box them in three categories mm-hmm. compute storage and network mm-hmm. right that that's kind of uh, the traditional vertical from a data center as well where where you focus on these three things compute network and storage but what has happened after after the maturity of these services so so for example while while in uh, in the early days aws had compute services storage services and network services which were quite in depth but what happens after a time when they are they are very very mature and they are very very feature rich they they decide to build services that are outside these verticals so so that's where the managed services started off so so managed services were kind of a result of uh, of the maturity of the unmanaged services because when a customer uses this cloud platforms if you for example just for example that if you want to use a message queue right so a message queue is where like you can publish and you can subscribe to events like events of some data for example so uh, traditionally companies had to had to use their own servers and and build or use some message queuing service but what aws realized is that is that they can provide a completely managed version of this service where uh, you can create a queue without having to care about anything wow. so you just click on a create queue and it will create the queue for you so these kind of managed services are very varied they and by varied i mean they have a service where you can you can request a ground station for your satellite in space to communicate with so yeah. that's the var- variety of the services they have yeah. so you can literally rent a physical ground station 
with a satellite in it to talk to a space satellite yeah <laughs> and it all happens with using the aws platform and anyone can use this this is all in in the aws console hmm doesn't it pose a security risk since anyone can use the aws platform or no so you mean some if any malicious user uses aws infrastructure that's correct yes that is kind of a risk uh, because uh, they cannot really verify who is using uh, for what purposes if they did that then that would be kind of a privacy issue where they would look into their customers data yeah so so yeah that is a risk and i don't know what measures are there for mm. i'm i'm not really sure what is what are the measures for that makes sense 150 services I can give you a, an exact number. Yeah. One forty-nine. One forty. I was close. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevalya, I think we are reaching towards the end of this episode, and the best way I can think of to end it is by discussing your perspective about the future of the cloud computing space, and. the best practices which you think companies can follow to do it right so today when you look at managed services like we talked about those are the uh, ones which really help customers in the best way and those services are are not the first things that they might think about but in in the long run those are definitely uh, the the ones which would benefit them the most by by saving them time and effort of of doing things that uh, they shouldn't really be thinking about so so the important thing is using managed services whenever it's possible and from a software design point of view there is a clear trend of of building independent microservices and deploying them into uh, into containers and containerized systems so it's it has proved to be a very developer friendly method of of development and deployment and um, which is which is clear by the increase in use of kubernetes and other cloud native projects uh, open source projects so so those are the things that i think are are going to increase the business benefits of of, of using the cloud platforms and and help help the uh, businesses uh, make best use of of what's available thank you for your time kevalya i think we will wrap it up here and hopefully if we have more ideas to discuss on the podcast we'll catch up again yes i look forward to it thank you